The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you are listening to The Crowncast. And, wow, it is going to be a post-react for something that we will all want to forget. If you are going to listen to this one, hopefully it will be uh, as a way to just sort of scrub it from your memory by diving deeper. I don't, I, I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not a therapist. I don't know how this stuff works. Here to do all this with me today is, of course, Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. Uh, I'd ask how you're feeling this morning, but I think Miserable. I know. Miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there is... If you were a part of our 4-0 loss to Toronto, if you stuck around with us for that one, you will know that we can get a little hot. Uh, and this one is actually, I, I think, going to to prove a point that it's not when you're it's not when you're raving mad that that's the worst. It's when you're quiet. Um, I don't think either one of us is going to be, you know, just just flying off the handle here. I do think we're going to have some very bold things to say, but I don't think we're going to be flying off the handle. Uh, I think this shows that a a five zero defeat, admittedly to the best team in the league, uh, in my opinion, but a five zero defeat is quite frankly embarrassing. L.A. came out there and they made us look like they were playing a team from from two leagues lower. I mean, well, uh, we're one half, and that's the really frustrating part. Is is all five goals for LAFC come in the second half. We go in at halftime nil-nil, and I actually felt kind of good. And then it all fell apart. It it I crumbled apart. Uh, it, it got hit by a, a very large bomb and uh, splintered into a billion pieces of apartness. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, well... I, I feel that it's necessary to, to to kick off here with a card actually for me. Um, my two teams combined yesterday to lose Manchester United and Charlotte FC to, to lose nine nothing. And so I think it's obviously my support as a fan uh, that made all of these teams truly awful yesterday. So uh, I think I have to card myself for this one. Um, you know, I am always willing to give you crap about your uh, your supporting Manchester United, but uh, this is one of those times that I, I think I just have to say that there's as fans, these hurt. And uh, unfortunately for you, it seems like we got a little bit of a, a lining up in the stars. Uh, we are sometimes going to... you got to laugh to keep from crying. Hey, I mean, if you're really good at it, you can laugh and cry <laughs> at the same time. Having been an Arsenal supporter for many years now, some of the past six or so have not have been laugh and cry at the same time. So yeah. we're going to we're not going to throw the format out the window, but this is one of those times that I think talking about what is right to talk about is important and just breaking it down to something really simple and digestible is not ideal. Uh, so I, I'm going to throw something at you, Justin. I think there are a couple of people who deserve crowns in this game. I think there are two people who were outstanding, who when they were on the field and fit, uh, changed our game. Yep. I think they, they both deserve it. I think we, we've we talked. We know who they are. Do you want – which one do you want? I'll take the late substitute. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to crown Jalen Lindsay. It, it, I don't understand what more this guy's got to do on the pitch to get more minutes on the pitch, but he comes on – for what 10 minutes late in this and we're instantly better 
you know, we had gone through a dismal stretch and Jalen Lindsay makes us more dangerous and he makes us more competent. Uh, he makes us better organized. And, and I just don't understand how you look at this and you go, Christian Latanzio goes, you know what? I still need, you know, Harrison awful playing, or I still need to go five at the back or something like that. Jalen Lindsay comes on and is immediately linking play more effectively is, is immediately, you know, and he, okay. So I've got the timeline up. He comes on in the 84th minute. So he's only really in for with stoppage time, maybe 10 minutes, but he is more dangerous in those 10 minutes than, you know, we had been that entire second half. Um, He's consistently linking play. He's consistently getting forward. He's not taking, dumb shots he's not taking bad shots which which is a problem i've got you know with with other players at this position uh he allows us to maintain a system that we play better in i don't understand how he's not playing more i don't understand what he has done to earn himself a place on the the bench in in the doghouse apparently um but it's frustrating to see this much talent uh sitting still yeah uh, i think that one thing we can very reasonably say is I don't care what your what your statement of like, oh, he's coming on against tired legs. No, everybody there is playing against tired legs. Uh, when he came on, we attacked. And when he was not on, we literally could not get out of our box. And it's because we had no way out. Uh, it's because we lacked the quality. And I'm going to be very clear about this. It is because we lacked the quality to get out against LAFC. And when he came on, there was a portion of our field that had the quality. He could run with the ball. He could pass the ball. He could make quick connections. He was available. Uh, he got up and down the field quickly. He brought the quality you need in the MLS level to get up the field and create danger from one side, and it was not happening before he was on the pitch. Uh, there's just no denying that. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's go on because because he does deserve a crown, and I think it's odd that we're so, we are both going to be so adamant about giving out these crowns on a day that we lost 5-0, but... Um, the, the one I'm going to go and give out a crown to is Jan Sobosinski. Uh, our number two has not had playing time for this club. Uh, he came on the field today and he lit it up. He played spectacularly. Uh, at the very end, there's a, a, a bad chance that, that looks like he's at fault. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I think everyone could see at that point, he's not match fit. Um, he, he looks like he has been sitting on a bench for a year and not having the the chance to stay in the sort of fitness that is required to be effective in matches. And even so in the time that he was on the field, he was probably our best defender today. He put out so many fires. He, he was collected. He was calm. He passed effectively. They chose to pressure him. Um, you know, they weren't pressuring Anton walks in the beginning they were choosing to pressure him and he played through the pressure reasonably uh, he he really stepped up a, a level, in my opinion. Uh, do I think he's Guzman Carujo? No. Do I think he went uh, to probably the best team in the league in their home ground and, you know, held them at bay without any match experience? Yes, I do. And I, I think that is that is admirable. It is commendable. And in a day where this team covered itself in really bad things, uh, he has a right to be proud of his name and what he put out there on that field, Justin. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that Jan Sabasinski was 
our best player for the large portion of the the match that he was on on the pitch. Um, I, you know, he he did a good job, and it's the sort of thing, much like Jalen Lindsay sitting, you know, much like Anton Walks sitting up until uh, Mar left. You know, it, you look at it and you go. No, I don't think this guy's better than than Guzman Carujo. I don't think he's better than Anton Walks. I think he's better than Christian McCoon ever was for this squad. I think he's better at this point than Christian Fuchs is for the squad on the pitch. You know, I, I don't want to discount the the intangible benefits that Christian Fuchs brings to this squad off the pitch, on the training ground, everything like that. But on the pitch in a match... Having Jan Sobosinski available to deputize for Guzman Carujo and Anton Walks is great. My only question is, why didn't we see more of Jan Sobosinski earlier in the season? Why hasn't he been getting the minutes so that he could be a little bit more match fit uh, for a situation like this? And you know me, Justin. Uh, at this point in time, I will give a fiery hot take because we did lose 5-0 and I get to be mad. Uh <laughs> I personally think that when it comes to on-field performance, a a scarecrow that you pulled out of your next door farm uh, would be more effective on the pitch than Kristen Fuchs is right now. Uh, it was it was bad. We'll talk. It about was that later. it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. Um, now again, that has nothing to do with his off-the-pitch presence. Has nothing to do with his captaincy. Has nothing to do with his technical skill level. But it's getting bad. Uh, so I think what we do from here is we congratulate if you can hear I'm going to clap for the the two players who who did go on and 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 crown themselves today because really we we give them out but they crown themselves. Um and- real quick before we move on I I do want to throw like a half crown out cuz it was only really for a half but but first half Christian Kalina did a phenomenal job. Yes, he did do a phenomenal job in the first half. We, we'll have to talk about the second. I think some <laughs> more of the details will come on on a later podcast. Um, okay, so after this, instead of just blindly throwing out cards, because I'll be honest, I don't have enough cards. Yeah, I you only keep a couple do, in the pocket. Yeah, is we are going to talk about the players who deserve to be protected from our ire. The players who put on a decent show of themselves and the players who deserve it, the players who at this point in time, we have to be questioning because this is a, this is a, a turning moment. This is a, an important, important point in the club's history. No one can deny that we just played against the team that we eventually want to be. The club has made a statement that they want to be a club that wins. This is who you have to be. This is who you have to beat. You are looking in the mirror and guess what you saw back right uh it's bad and so we have to be blunt we have to be honest if this club wants to succeed if it wants to go somewhere it has to take these things into account and if it doesn't it will flounder uh this is one of those times that you have clear evidence you cannot just sit on it the the players on the field who justin and i think this is a discussion not just my listing who i think deserve to be not completely free from, but protected from the rage in all this. I think Joseph Mora did a serviceable job. I, I think every time he plays, it is serviceable. I think it's it's good. It's never going to be spectacular. But I think he put everything he had into it and, and probably deserves 
to to not get rigged across the coals for this one. Uh, you, you think that's fair? Yeah, I mean, really, I think what we've got to look at here is our, who are the players who either put a foot wrong or didn't put a foot in. And Joseph Mora didn't do either of those things. Joseph Mora is never going to be, well, I'm not going to say never, you know, you, you don't know. But but at no point this season have you looked and gone, Joseph Mora is the man of the match. But at no point this season have you looked and gone, Joseph Mora is, the fault, uh, is at fault. And the same can be said for last night. So, yes, Joseph Mora is safe. Um. After that, I think that you could possibly include Jordi Reyna. I think Jordi Reyna has a lot of challenges in front of him, but Jordi Reyna was like technically the only player we had throughout the majority of the match who was able to create any offensive danger. Uh, I think he worked pretty hard, although he found himself in some bad positions. I think that's a more in-depth discussion. I don't think he has to go over the coals today. Fair? Um. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Jordi was not better or worse than he he always is. And and that means that he got a good shot. That means that there were a couple of questionable decisions on the ball. Uh, that means that maybe the work rate coming back in defense wasn't quite there. But it's exactly what you – like, there wasn't anything different last night about Jordi Reyna's game than, than any other game. So, no, I, I don't think that Jordi Reyna deserves any particular, like, extra flack. And, and I, we've got to – We've got a baseline for our listeners that like all of this is with the all of these players are getting the flack of you lost five nil. It was to the best team, but you lost five nil. You should have a little more pride as a as a squad than that. You should expect a little bit more. You should all hold each other to a higher standard than five nil is okay, even if it's to the best team. So I'm going to give two more out here. Um. One of which is Carol Swiderski. You know me. I have not been one who is willing to give Carol Swiderski breaks. Carol Swiderski was isolated. He had he tried his best. There was very little. When he did get a chance to one-touch a shot, which is what I've been asking for, he did it. It wasn't and good. And he did it well. Uh, well, well, yeah, his shot was good. Um, the the keeper's save for LA was, was excellent in that moment. Um, but, but yes, I think that Carol did well. Under the with what he was given. <laughs> my my last one is is Bender. And my statement for Bender is he controlled the midfield better than clearly anyone else who had an, an attempt at it. And while I think we saw a lot of his deficiencies, I think we saw him trying to work on his deficiencies. And I'm not going to rake the guy over the coals for being unafraid to go out there and do everything you can to get better. I, I think he was poor. I think he got pushed off the ball. I think he made a lot of uh, errors that come from not being comfortable under pressure. I think he deserves the criticism. Uh, I don't think this is a... uh, I think he was one of the few that was out there and said, I'm still going to go try and play my game against this team. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I I think that you saw us suffer with the withdrawal of Ben Bender at halftime. I didn't particularly like that change and I don't think that it paid off for us. I, I will also, and I have a soft spot for him, I will admit and and you know acknowledge my own bias. Um I don't think Brent Bronico put in a bad shift. I thought Brent Bronico put in a tired shift. I thought Brent I, I think Brent Bronico is giving his all for this club. There are too many minutes because there's no one else to come in and cover for Brent Bronico at that position. 
Uh, yes, Derek Jones is on the bench. He can't do what Brant Bronico does. Yeah, I want to jump in on this one because uh, the truth is, in this game, Brant Bronico was atrocious. I mean, it was really bad. That being said, it is understandable where that position is coming from because we have seen over the past four games him just clearly looking more and more and more and more exhausted. And sooner or later, that's not the player's fault. If you have four games of evidence that somebody cannot run anymore because you have put a million minutes on his legs, sooner or later, it's not the player. I mean, yeah. he was missing horrible passes, and he deserves to be slated for those passes. You know, he deserves to be held accountable for, for the bad touches and the missed passes. But sooner or later, the person who has to be held accountable is Christian Latanzio, and we are going to be holding Christian Latanzio accountable a little bit later on. Yep. Um, so now that we have basically given out what we would consider to be cards, I think it's time to move on to uh, the people who deserve our, our, our ire, the people who deserve our fury and our, our rage, because it was bad. And it is time to acknowledge that this isn't good enough. Charlotte FC, the fans of Charlotte FC, the people who who love this club. If the statement is that this club is going to be a winning team, if the statement is that this club wants to go out there and compete, this isn't good enough. Whether you like it or not, at this point in time, this isn't good enough. Harrison Awful is not good enough. He is not going to take us where we want to go. I understand that the guy got a terrible injury. I hurt for him. No one should ever get injured. But Harrison Awful is not going to take this club where it wants to go. Joseph Mora, I love you, man. You work hard for this club, but is not good enough to create on that left side. Kamil Yazwiak, we have seen him enough. He is not good enough. He is not getting it done in any way, shape, or form. At this point in time, I will take Mackenzie Gaines' delivery over Kamil Yazwiak. And if you have seen my speeches about my frustrations of Mackenzie Gaines's delivery, you will know that I am livid at Kamal Yazwiak. Um, in the in the midfield, as of right now, I don't believe that Jordi Alcivar is good enough. Ben Bender maybe could be good enough. He is not good enough now. Quinn McNeil maybe could be good enough. He is not good enough now this is this is bad uh there is a a fair and honest uh, assessment that carol swiderski is not good enough if i look across this team and i say if we want to win and i say how many of them are good enough now justin you and i did this with our own personal clubs the other day how yep. many of these people are good enough to fill any role that we think this club should have not just starting 11, how many of these people are good enough to be the bench substitutes? And if I look across the field, I think Christian Kalina is good enough. Yes. I think Anton Walks is good enough if he has Guzman Carujo beside him. I think I, Guzman think, I think Anton Walks was was pretty good with Subsinski for yes. the first half of this. I, I think that you can put Walks, Subsinski, Carujo, you know, you need another center back into a rotation and, and be happy with that rotation of four uh, in there. I'm perfectly happy with walks getting even like 80% of the minutes uh, at center back, but 
we have no depth right now to spell these guys if they start getting tired. So I, I personally think that Guzman Carujo is good enough to take the club to a winning club. And that's about it. Um, Um, I I would make a case for Brent Bronico. So again, I think that Bronico needs, uh, I think that Bronico needs someone to be able to spell him for some minutes to be able to maintain that level of play. I'm going to go to what I'll call bubble players. And those are players who could eventually fill the role or if had the correct backup could fill the role. Right. Um, and those bubble players, in my opinion, include Jalen Lindsay, who we just haven't seen enough of. He's fantastic when he's on the field, but we haven't seen enough. Of, we haven't seen him do it for a full season. They include Jalen Lindsay, Quinn McNeil, Ben Bender, and Brant Bronico. Those players, in my opinion, are currently, uh, I think, would easily be capable of filling the substitute role on, a, on, on an LAFC winning team. And they have the potential to go on and become real killers. I think that right now you can add Joseph Mora and uh, Jordi Reyna to that list. See, I, I, I can't, as, as much effort as he has put in, I cannot add Joseph Mora to that list. I do not see what he brings that can beat a top-tier team. And uh, I don't mean that in just offense. Like, he ultimately... Well, I, I was, you know, in a substitute role, something like that, I think that Joseph Mora is a valuable guy who will come on, who will give you legs, you know, for the last 20 minutes if you need... You know, somebody on the left needs cover. This is the other advantage, I think, for somebody like Mora is that I, I think if you needed to, you could slot him into the left side of midfield and he could he could pick up and cover for like the last 20 minutes of a match. And so, you know, why, when I think bubble guys, sub guys, that's why I think, you know, I think Jordi Reyna is the guy that you bring on when you're down a goal with 20 minutes left. I think Joseph Mora is the guy that you bring on if you're up a goal 20 minutes left in the like... Ben Bender left side of the midfield role, you know? I I would I would buy that. I'd probably wait till it's on sale. My <laughs> my statement here is if I look across this team, the people I think that are good enough to make the 18, right? Not the starting 11. The people I think are good enough to make the 18 on this club right now and this is going to be hot takes, people. Uh please all hate mail to Justin. Uh <laughs> is ultimately Christian Kalina, Anton Walks, Guzman Carujo, maybe, uh, and then we're getting into Jalen Lindsay, Quinn McNeil, Brant Bronico, and Ben Bender with a possible, possible appearance from Jordi Reyna and Joseph Mora. And you'll notice Carol Swiderski's not on that list. Um, oh, um... If, if we're talking like in the 18 to, I do think that in the same way that I think he can grow into the the role, the same way we're talking about Bender and McNeil growing into their roles, I think Jan Subasinski, with the limited minutes, admittedly, that we've seen so far this season, I would be okay next season if we start Guzman Carujo and Anton Walks at center back and Jan Subasinski is the center back off the bench. I, I wouldn't be upset with that. 
um, based on what I have seen today. But again, I I'm sh- have so little evidence of Jan Sobosinski that I cannot right now put him into into that group. Now, if I was watching him in training every day, maybe. But right now, I just can't put him into that group. One of the things that you highlighted, Justin, really, really well is that for every other team in this league, their designated player signings are impactful. Their designated players make a difference. And I will be honest with you because it's time to be honest. We just lost 5-0 to the team we want to be competing with. Our designated players aren't good enough. Uh, Kamu Yaswiak has yet to make any effect in the game at all for Charlotte FC. Does he have a single goal? Does he have an assist? No. Uh, he, he might he, have an assist. He has one assist against Greenville. I know that. As to whether or not he has an assist in the MLS, no idea. I think he got a um, goal against Greenville, too. For what uh, it's worth. But but again, that's you know, outside of MLS and this we've seen this guy now. I mean, I, I appreciate that he's come over here and he's worked hard, worked hard, but but we've seen him now. We know who he is. Right? I, I don't know what it is about this league that is not not connecting with him. But if you take any other winger on any other league in the whole world and you say your winger is performing like this, they would throw him out of the club. Carol Swiderski is running out of time uh, and he may be a victim of a team that is not put together well and is not capable of having offensive threat. But whether you like it or not, Carol Swiderski is producing just enough to, to stay below the, the anger line and, your designated player, your talisman of the team, uh, nobody looks at Carol Swiderski and thinks, what a threat. Nobody looks at Carol Swiderski and goes, that guy terrifies me. At this point in time, whether you like it or not, there's not a defense in the MLS that looks at Carol Swiderski and thinks, I'm scared of that. There are people who look at Andre Shinoshiki and go, I'm scared of that. Nobody's scared of Carol Swiderski. And if this team wants to be a winning club, you are, they are going to have to accept that that's not good enough. Um, Justin, uh, again, it hurts that this guy is injured. I never want anyone to come away from a match injured. I never want anyone to be injured. Harrison Awful is not good enough. Uh, no, we've been talking about that for, for several weeks leading up to this injury last night against LA. Um, and, and, you know, Additionally, as much as this one hurts because he has been, uh, over the course of his career, a great player, Christian Fuchs is not good enough. No. No, he is not. Um, if you have missed the last couple of games, that is the second time that Christian Fuchs has come on to a center back role and has immediately been roasted for two goals. Um, in this time, I believe it's a third. Uh, in this particular match, Almost all of the goals that come after he moves into the center back position come from a player standing near Christian Fuchs and him not being able to cover them as they sprint away. Now, Anton Walks doesn't cover himself in glory for one of them, but the truth is Christian Fuchs looks like he's standing still to attackers and 
well, apparently they're scoring on him like he is standing still to attackers. So at this point in time, maybe as a leader, maybe as a dressing room captain, maybe as a coach, but on the field, Christian Fuchs is not good enough. Um, Justin, I think I've gotten out a significant portion of my anger. Well, do you want to say anything here? The other thing that we've got to say is, you know, if we're right about this, this Kamil Yazwiak and Karol Swiderski are playing in a system that is not right for them, then we also have to say that, you know, for the squad, for, for everything, the scouting department and Christian Latanzio have not been good enough. If if you look at, I think the most exciting player for, for a lot of the fans in Andre Shinyashiki doesn't see the pitch. We traded a, a fair amount of general allocation dollars, uh, you know, to Colorado to get Andre Shinyashiki on the squad. He came in like gangbusters. I mean, he came in hot and scored five quickly, and now he can't see the pitch at all. And a part of it you could argue is because Jordi Reyna has been playing well, but the thing about it is when you're scouting, when you're trying to figure out your squad and everything, why are you making a trade and sending general allocation dollars to another team in a position where you do have some coverage at the time we traded for him? We had Jordi Reyna, you, you know, there we had Kamala Yezwiak was already coming in uh, and can play on that left-hand side. We already had Mackenzie Gaines in and he wasn't getting any minutes. He's more of a right-sided guy. Sure. But Ben Bender had played a lot out on the left. Why are we bringing in a left-sided attacker or a central attacker if he's not going to be played in either of those positions? Why are we, you know, we kept bringing in central midfielders. We've seen an exodus now of those, but, but you know, we're bringing in all of these midfielders without enough minutes to go around to keep players happy. Um, we brought in Karol Swiderski and said, Play sole striker in a 4-3-3, and the guy looks like he wants to be in, in, in some way as part of two up top. He looks like he wants to have a strike partner up there. It just feels like there is a disconnect between the formations that are out on the field, the, the, the style of play, the system that we're in, the players that we've got. It also feels like there is a disconnect between when we should be making substitutes, what substitutes we should be making. You mentioned that Christian Fuchs comes on. Christian Fuchs comes on when Harrison Awful is injured in this match. Not Jalen Lindsay for Harrison Awful as a like-for-like like at the right-back spot, but instead Christian Fuchs on for Harrison Awful to give us a back three-ish. And, and this is in the 70, uh, 70th minute. So it's another 15 minutes before Jalen Lindsay finally does come on, and he only comes on because Jan Sabasinski is, is so gassed that he can't make it anymore. But we go three at the back and immediately ship goals. We, we, you know, we go three at the back. There's a substitute to bring in Christian Fuchs and go to this three center backs, and three minutes later, Carlos Vela scores a goal, and three minutes after that, Christian Aranjo scores a goal. And you just go, Why? Why it's obvious that our center backs don't know how to play three at the back because they don't spend time practicing it, which I think is fine until you ask them 
in a match to go start playing three at the back. And they go, rightfully, we don't practice this enough. I don't know what's going on. And that's on Christian Matanzio. Yeah, I think one of the things that we are actively seeing, and uh, I do think this might be a a bold stroke, but let's be honest, I haven't exactly been holding back. Uh, I think this is probably the end of any chance that Christian Latanzio continues as a, as a manager. Um, Yeah. I have met, I've met the man in person. He is an incredibly knowledgeable uh, coach. He is very astute. He makes a lot of great identifications about how players can grow and and can become better talents. Uh, I think that we have now seen enough to know that he is a great coach and it's looking like not an adequate manager yet. Um, yeah. And so like for, for listeners who may not know as much when we talk about this, a coach's job, and we have talked about this a little bit in previous podcasts, but I just want to reiterate a coach's job is to develop the individual players to work on the the key little aspects of their game that helps them, you know, play. Uh, It's, it's to get the general system, you know, assisting getting that installed and making sure players know where they're supposed to be within the general system. And, you know, these are your passing lanes. This is where you should be making the runs, things like that. And generally saying, this is how individual players can get better. And I do think that Christian Latanzio is great at that. I think especially at that man management part of keeping players happy and keeping players progressing their individual skills. A manager's job is to make tactical changes over the course of the match to understand where you're getting beaten and where you're doing well, where you're having success against the opposing squad and shoring up the areas where you're, you're getting beaten and making sure that the areas where you're having some success have an opportunity to continue making that success. We were getting beaten against Harris Knopfel, and Harris Knopfel wasn't connecting passes, and he didn't come out until he got injured. Yeah. Bender was was putting in a shift in the midfield. He wasn't necessarily doing great, but he was everywhere. And he's really starting to figure it out. We talked in, I think it was probably about the 17th, 18th minute, something like that, how Bender is now a quarter of a step late, quarter of a second late on his defensive coverages instead of a, you know, a step late on his defensive coverages. And we are seeing that improvement. We are seeing the cutouts. The gap in the first half that we talked about at the top of the 18 in, in our Wednesday podcast, our most recent one, wasn't there. Yeah. Then we withdrew Bender at halftime. That is taking an area where you had played reasonably well and downgrading it because that's what it was. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, you can't, well, I I mean, you could argue a a manager should know whether or not you're downgrading that position, but you can't say it was a downgrade until you see Jordi Alcivar go missing. And Jordi Alcivar did a few good things, but Ben Bender was harassing everyone. Ben Bender was attacking everything. Ben Bender was defending everything. And yes, he's a kid and he didn't do a lot of it well, but he was a part of everything. And when Jordi Alcivar came in, he was a part of maybe 10%. Do you think that's fair? 15%? I think 10 might be honestly a little generous. I I did not see Jordi Alcivar. And and in particular, I didn't see Jordi Alcivar getting back defensively to help out. I feel like when when 
Alcivar came on for Bender, all of a the sudden there was space to attack our back line that there had not been there in the first half. Um, um, and I think and that you clear, have to. Oh, ben sorry, go ahead, may have, oh, sorry. Ben Bender may have needed to come out. Like he may have put in such a shift in the first half that he looked at Christian Latanzio and said, look, if I keep doing this, I'm going to, I'm going to tear an ACL. Um, and if that's the case, that's the case. But in general, in football, if somebody is pulled at halftime, it's a statement of they're not doing what, what is expected. And I, I mean, I, I don't know what Jordi Alcivar was, was doing that Ben Bender wasn't, that was somehow expected. Cause I mean, what the team did was ship goals. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand either how you look at the way Kamal Yozwiak played in last night's match and don't go, this is a guy who maybe needs to come off at halftime. You know, Mackenzie Gaines eventually comes on and takes up that right wing. Yozwiak ends up shifting over to the left so that Jordi Reyna was the... Uh, Jordi Reyna and Quinn McNeil end up the ones withdrawn for for sort of Mackenzie Gaines and Kerwin Vargas and Jezwiak ends up, you know, drifting back actually more central. But Gaines looks sharp on that wing. Mm -hmm. Again, the argument can possibly be made that, that Gaines and Lindsay are running at more tired legs, things like that. But these are the sorts of things that a manager is responsible for for identifying and correcting in the middle of the match. And... Things like changing the shape of the team, things like substitutions, these are things that good managers get right. And unfortunately, these are two glaring things last night that Christian Latanzio got very wrong. Yeah. And unfortunately, at this point in time, this team has become too fragile to say that it is being managed successfully. I understand yeah. that you do not have Guzman Carujo for this. There's nothing you can do about um on uh, what is an incredible, uh, an incredibly unfortunate uh, circumstance. You know, obviously we wish Guzman all the best of health and he returns quickly. He's not the only injured defender. You know, we all still forget about the fact that Adam Armour is not in this team yet. Even so, uh, this team has become a team that just casually gives away three or four goals or five goals, as it turns out. And, uh, I'm going to return to my earlier statement, and that's not good enough. It's yeah. not good enough for me. It shouldn't be good enough for Charlotte FC. Um, one last little rant before – I know we are running long, but one last little rant before we close out, and that is I, I think that a, a fair amount of this too needs to be hooked onto the front office uh, in terms of our, our player identification and you know our transfer strategy. We brought three players in. And in retrospect, with the injury to Carujo, yes, we need the help at center back. Um, do we need a right back? Jalen Lindsay looks like he can do the job with maybe Harrison Awful as a backup. It seems extravagant, a little wasteful to go out and, and buy a new center back or a, a new right back. Um, yes, we needed the attacking midfielder. We need better cover for Bronico. Like we need somebody else to, to take some of these minutes from Bronico. And I don't think Derek Jones is it. Again, we traded for Shinyashiki. We traded for, for Derek Jones. We, we traded for Daniel Rios at the beginning of the season. These are guys who barely ever see the field anymore. You know, we don't have, we didn't bring the right coverage in. We don't have a guy to cover in for Swiderski when 
it's just not working up top. You know, uh, I, I am frustrated to, and I want to rant a little bit too about what I see as failings of the front office in supporting this squad. And maybe it's because we don't know who the manager is going to be. And it's very difficult to sell a player on come to Charlotte. Your manager next season is TBD, but you got to find some people who can come in in positions of need, not in luxury, luxury signing positions. And I don't know that we've done that. The, the one that you said there, and I'm going to echo is Brant Bronico needs help. You're going to run this guy into injury. Brant Bronico needs help. Um, I, I am going to go ahead and, and cut us off there. Uh, we are going to do our, our last, your, your final wrap up for the game, Justin. Um, luckily, we've got another one in three days to try and forget about this. Unluckily, it's against one of the best teams in the East. Um, yeah, my, my wrap up for this game is going to be as somebody who has experienced Alexander Lacazette in the Premier League, I know what it is like to have a good person, a good human being who is likable and who puts in a good shift, but is not getting the job done. And sooner or later, you have to acknowledge that these good people are not getting the job done to win. And I know the difference of what happens when you acknowledge that and bring in somebody who can do the job. It is night and day. And if Charlotte can find those people, it will be night and day. Uh, thank you all so much for your time. Uh, another frustrating loss. I, I really hope that these are not the things we continue to talk into the microphone for. But as ever, we will talk to you again after we go Queen take City our next podcast.